0: everyone, and welcome to a mini-episode of Set Lusting Bruce, the podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and thank you so much for downloading this special bonus mini-episode. Set Lusting Bruce has been nominated for a podcast People's Choice Awards, and these mini-episodes are my way of saying thank you for the support And also a reminder for you to go vote. Voting is going to take place from Sunday, May 29th to Sunday, June 12th. Each listener can vote once a day. Set Lusting Bruce is nominated under the music category. And I would appreciate if you would go to www.podcastawards.com. That's www.podcastawards.com every day for the next two weeks and vote for us while you're there check out the other categories and see if there are podcasts you want to support one suggestion i have is under comedy to vote for matt and mattingly's ice cream social matt is a big springsteen fan and is actually joined me on an episode coming up so it'd be nice for everyone to give their show a little love as well It is great to be nominated, but I would love to show the world the power of Bruce fandom and win this thing, my fellow Bruce Butts. Now here is your mini-episode. Hello everyone, and welcome to another mini-episode of Set Lusting Bruce. These are a series of episodes we're doing to help promote the podcast people's choice award that i am nominated on and so i want you to go every day to vote i'm giving you an episode every day to help promote it and i have a special guest today not only is he a bruce springsteen fan not only is he a great podcaster but his podcast is nominated as well matt welcome to the show thanks
1: a lot i'm glad to be here uh thanks for having me up
0: yeah so why don't you tell everyone your name, where you're from, and what podcast you're representing?
1: Sure, I'm Matt Donnelly from Redback, New Jersey originally, but I'm living uh out here in Las Vegas, Nevada for the last eight years and i uh am the co-host of the comedy podcast Matt and matt Lee's-
0: and it is so much fun. You're also one of the sidekicks on Penn Sunday School. I guess side- yeah that's
1: kind of my uh my intro into the podcast universe was uh I was a writer for Penn and Teller on their TV projects, and I filled in as a co-host on their Sunday on Penn Sunday School. And then the producers liked it so much they wanted me to become a regular guy, and so I've been a regular sidekick there for like three years.
0: Yeah, you also will see uh, Matt's fine work on one of the Vegas commercials. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: they're they're earning that a lot right now, um, th- but it's good. Yeah, it's one of those. Um, you know, come to Vegas, fly to Vegas, commercials, Vegas tourism
0: commercials. Yes, and and I will tell you, Matt, I I had to pause the DVR and rewind. I went, is is that is that Matt? And it, it was, and I was like, oh my god, this is so funny.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, I I shaved and everything for it, so I, I look like a, a real a real nice Vegas tourist.
0: <laughs> well, I could spend this whole episode talking to you about fool us. And trying ah. to get – because I, I am a huge fan of the – not only the British show, and I had to watch it yeah. too, but last year – I didn't it, write on, but yes. Yes. The, the last year, there was so much joy in watching Fool Us. Last season, I'm yeah. so excited we got a, another season coming.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was really happy to work uh, last year uh, ready for Jonathan Ross, and this year I got to write for Alton Hannigan. Um really kind of changing the flavor of the show. Uh, and uh, and I think you're going to really like this season. Um, I think uh Penn & Teller just did, did, did a magnificent job. And there's a lot more just kind of like really funny and fun and beautiful moments this season that I think people should really be looking forward to. Um, and that comes out in, uh, in uh, July on the CW.
0: Well, good. We will have to, uh, I don't know, maybe we can find some time to talk about that in the next month or so. But, sure. um, you know, because... Really quick, and then we're going to move to Bruce. I promise. What I love about the show is the that Pitt and Teller are just as happy um, when they aren't fooled. When they're fooled, they just love seeing someone perform something beautiful.
1: Absolutely, that's the truth of it. Those guys are artists through and through. And the premise of the show—I mean, it sounds cocky and arrogant. I've even run into performers who so didn't want to go on the show because it seemed like kind of like, yeah, whatever, you can come fool us. The bottom line is, is that like they are smart uh they've always been smart innovative people and uh magic hasn't been on tv and magic specials have kind of run their course and uh and so there's so many talented out there they basically thought like if they put themselves in the room and say you try to fool us then the cameras can shoot the tricks as beautifully as possible and no one at home will suspect camera tricks or that the television show is helping them out in any way and so by making it a game show uh that allowed Penn and Teller to uh, bring on, you know, sixty or seven magicians, sixty or seventy magicians, and get them their television exposure every year. So it's really a celebration of magic, and it's really a showcase of magic. And uh, and I think Penn and Teller is super smart for coming up with the concept. I,
0: I totally agree, and uh, like I said, it's just it's a joy, and it it makes me smile every time I see it. And yeah, there are times when I go, it's impossible to. To see what they're doing. But of course, I feel that when I go see Penn and Teller at Vegas.
1: So, yeah, I, I'm like that if I see like a clown at a birthday party. Yeah, exactly. Working Teller, what? Working for, working for Penn and Teller has not made me any more savvy about watching matches. All right. Uh, I, I stay on the writing side.
0: Okay, so Matt, you grew up in Jersey. Was it, yes. was it were you required that you love Bruce Springsteen? As far as I know, it was. <laughs> uh, as, as far as I know. Everybody loved Bruce Springsteen. It wasn't until I was, like, in my 20s that I found out
1: people from Jersey don't love him. But, uh, you know, my father worked in Freehold, and uh, I was out in Redback, and I went to a school out in Rumson, New Jersey, and uh, that's where he lived. And, you know, uh, a friend of mine taught his kids at the school right across from his house, you know, and uh, we were running into him from time to time around town. Uh, He really was, you know, Redback is where Jack's Music Shop is, and every time Bruce has an album come out, at midnight, he goes to this little tiny record shop in Red Bank, and he signs, uh, you know, line up the door, he signs records for anybody who comes in and buys one at Jackson Midnight every time an album comes out.
0: Wow, um, I did not know that. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, and that's where I, you know, bought my first concert tickets to see a Bruce concert. We are doing a reunion when we finally get back to every PC fan Um, You know, I, I was uh, I was right across so I was working at a, a cigar bar and steakhouse. That's what trendy the town of Red Bank is. I remember just being across the street and, and, and getting out of work and getting online and waiting for my tickets.
0: Oh, wow. How many times have you seen him perform? I've seen him perform five times. Okay.
1: I, w- I would love to do it more, but I also like preserving. I never wanted to become like a concert snob. And I remember even like uh, before, you know, the internet floats are cold. I was still buying like hard copy bootlegs and stuff. And some of the liner notes of these bootlegs I buy, there'd be like, you know, a critique of the concert. And I'd be like, you know, fuck you, I, I only go to one concert a year and I, I want to see, I don't I, I don't care that he's done, you know, this, that, or this, that, or that, that. Like, I saw this concert and I want to hear this concert. You know, so it's very important to me. I never wanted to become like an insider. I always wanted to still just be an enthusiastic fan.
0: You know, I I think one of the things that I talk a lot about is, first off, someone was on the podcast, oh, Wendy Parnell, that wrote this book, Johnny 99. It's a child's child's book filled with Springsteen lyrics. She said she thinks going – the counting the number of shows you've – times you've seen Bruce Springsteen live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. And, and oh, I agree no. with that statement. The other no, thing no. is I don't – someone's show is, every show is someone's first show. And I will tell you, my son is 27. He went to his first Springsteen show um, in Oklahoma City, just, you know, on this tour. And if he had not heard Barn to Run, he would have been a disappointed kid. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so that's it. Um, No, man. I, uh, so I remember when he was, he was touring. He did the
1: Seeger Sessions album, right? Right. And uh, he was touring with that. And then at the same time, this was whatever time it was, early 2000s, I was I was hired to do this thing for Hampton Hotels. Uh, okay. It was back when everybody was like, we're going to do a viral marketing campaign, you know? And so I was hired with like four other actors, four improv guys to go on the country as bedheads instead of deadheads. We, we, were, we, were, we, were, we were going on the country to talk about their, their brand new, uh, bedrooms and, and, and do all kinds of like activities around the country. Right. And so we were in Chicago, and I looked on the calendar, and, and, and the Secret Sessions band was coming through Chicago. And I turned to the, the the three actors I was touring with, and I said, are any of you guys Bruce Springsteen fans? Because I think I'm going to try to see him here. And they were like, ah, maybe, I don't know, we'll see. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to buy four tickets. You guys come with me. And if you don't enjoy it, then consider it a gift from me. And if you enjoy the concert, you can you can just pay – you can pay me for the ticket. Um, you know, but I I, I want I, – I don't want to go alone, so come with me. And, uh, you know, I was thinking that Hanson hotel money. I could make these kind of problems. Oh,
0: yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and you didn't have kids yet. I didn't have
1: kids yet. And uh, so uh, the truth is one actor still bailed anyway, but then my wife uh, – girlfriend at the time, now wife, flew out and, and joined me for the show. And uh, we went out to Chicago, and it was a Secret Sessions band, so it was an E Street band. So I ended up getting, like, 16th row uh, online, and uh, we sat up there. And it's the, the closest I ever got to sit for a Springsteen event, and he just killed it. I mean, just kicked ass. And, like, midway through the show, the two other guys were like, all right, we're, we're paying you for this ticket. This is one of the best concerts we've ever seen. Halfway through, you know. And, uh, and that's what I love, man. I've done it many times where I, I bought my girlfriend, my wife now and girlfriend to her first show. I brought, you know, another fan in LA, um, back on the, um, in the wrecking ball tour, uh, saw wrecking ball and, uh, he four songs in just turned to me. He's like, this is what it this." He does this the whole time. And I was like, yeah, this is what it's like to see him in show. So I love bringing new people to see a Springsteen show.
0: Matt, were you able to see anything on the river tour? No. Uh, and it's just
1: a matter of, uh, you know, he doesn't come to Vegas. And right. then uh, for the last two years, I've been working six nights a week. The funny thing was is that I almost flew out. Uh, I was going to look for tickets for the North Carolina show. Oh,
0: uh, how funny. Because
1: it was on a Monday, and, right. and that was uh, a day I have off. I was like, you know, I'll just fly out, you know. Uh, but, no, I haven't gotten to see him on River tour, um, and it's, it's been a while. I'm overdue, but it's just, like you said, two kids and, 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 yeah. and working and stuff. It's just, he does not come to our town, so it's just, it's, when I had no kids, it's easy just to fly somewhere and go see them. Um, I also love seeing them in Jersey, but uh, you know it's just it's been hard lately. But I, I miss it for sure. It's like yeah. a drug.
0: It is a drug, and it you've seen him on Wrecking Ball, you've saw him on the Seeger Sessions. Um, yes, yeah,
1: see. so. I saw him. I saw his reunion tour issue the band back in the '90s, right? Uh, that was when I was waiting online and there were the first five tickets sold out before I took a step forward in line. And then word word ruffled back that don't worry, he's going to add more shows. He added five more shows. We moved up. I got close. To, I, could, I was about 20 people from the door in the Jackson Music Shop sold out. Everyone said, don't worry. He might add more shows. He added five more shows. And I could fix that show. But he sold out 15 shows at the Meadowlands in Jersey in in like 10 hours.
0: So have you seen the him with a, the core E Street Band? So
1: yeah. So the, I us okay. Yeah, so I saw E Street Band, and I saw him do this uh, Devils and Dust tour, solo show, when he did like, his theater shows, Meadowlands, the and then I saw him do one of the best shows ever. I saw the full East Street Band. The last time all, all of them were together on the Magic Tour. Um, I saw them at Madison Square Garden, and uh, and it was one of the, I mean, just one of the best shows. I was, I was, on, I was walking on clouds for days after that show. Um, put on the
0: amazing show. I, I've asked this to a lot of my guests, and there is no wrong answer, and and the correct answer is both. But do you have a preference on? I really love the Wrecking Ball East Street Orchestra, where he's got the backup singers and all the horns. But on this river tour, I've really been impressed with the core group, which is including Susie, and then you know yeah. Daniel's replacement. So do you have a ref, do you have a preference of which one you like the best?
1: Um, no, I'm an admirer, an admirer of his work, you know, and so I, I of course, love, I'm not, you know, I'm not one of the that only likes the Street and nothing else, you know, so I, I love the Secret Sessions album, you know, and I bought the live album, I, you know, I bought bootlegs off of that Torx, I loved his kind of funky renditions of Atlantic City and, and, um, uh, uh, further out the road, and you know, things like that. And so I just admire what he likes to do with his work. And so when I get to see the whole e Street band and, and full force, great When I get to see a bigger concert production. Great. He's a guy that I think he guy he's a guy who accurately uses his tools. You know, I mean, his devil's in dust show, his solo show was one of the most crazy artsy, weird, but amazing things, you know, ending each concert, you know, years before this, he put a cut on this on an album, but he did dream baby dream to end those concerts where he, played a looping organ over and over again and brought the lights on the stage and brought looping white light, you know, spiraling um, spotlights all around the audience and played for like the same loops for 15 minutes in this trippy experience. I mean, he's just a crazy artist, you know, playing born in the USA only on harmonica and stopping on a
0: mic box with, uh, with his boots, you know, I mean, he just, he just has tools. And so and. I've never heard that before, but I love that phrase, and I am going to borrow it, but I will give you credit, of he uses all the tools in his toolbox, and I, I and I love that. Um, yeah. I know we're short on time. I w- did want to – is there any song – the next time you get to see him, because if he ever comes to Dallas again, you know, you and your wife and the kids just come on and you can stay at the house. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so I bet Dallas is a great place to see him. It, you know, he was – this last show was really good. Sometimes Dallas is a little bit of a winter town, and they can be yeah. there to be seen more than to enjoy. But the last Ooh. show was really a really good show. So oh good. Matt, are there songs that you're chasing that you would love to hear him do live?
1: Oh, that's a good, yeah. So I, you know, it's tough because, like, I love, like, obscure tracks like uh, Kitty's Back. I've never heard Kitty's Back live. Um, No, I've never heard him do Thunder Road live, and I'm a huge fan of that song. Oh, man, you know, I, whatever years that I was uh, going to see him, I'd even check the set list on the other shows. He just wasn't playing at, at those at those rounds. I mean, um, uh, have you ever heard uh, the – have you ever seen the VH1 Storytellers?
0: Oh, yeah, sure.
1: So his his breakdown of Thunder Road on that and then his playing of it, it was just beautiful. It made me fall back in love with that song so hard. And, uh, yeah, I just love that song. I sang it uh, the night before my wedding, you know, uh, and if I have too many whiskeys in me, I'll sing it at a karaoke bar or a piano bar. Uh, most of the time, I'm usually comedy only when I do those things. But that's the one exception I'll make. But uh, uh, I just so I,
0: yeah. I agree with you, Thunder Road, um, because you know, especially when you think about it, um, I and we're gonna do um, Jock versus Nerds for a moment. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, Joe Montana, if he's not one the greatest quarterback of all time, he's in the discussion. Absolutely. And, and so you're like, if Thunder Road isn't Bruce's greatest song, it's in the discussion, right? Uh, it um, has to be. Yeah. I think, if anything, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's too respected that it's become cliche. And so
1: hardcore Bruce fans, like, first first thing hardcore Bruce fans do is <laughs> born to USA as a whole album. And then uh, the second thing they'll do is talk about Thunder Road being a little cliche or hack or whatever at this point or something like that. And it's just, to me, there's, there's, there's two, there's, there's very important things in that narrative. I think Bruce's early albums, he was a young kid and a jam band or basically Jersey Shore trash version of a jam band and spoke the language of rock and roll, which is like, your town sucks. Get the fuck out of it, you know, get out of town. And so Thunder Road is one of the most beautiful, your life sucks. So get out of town songs there is you know it's just it's just great it just it just makes you want to look out at the spaces down your town and go and uh, it's just so beautiful and then born usa album is so important because it was right around so nebraska and darkness are really kind of beautifully experimental and then born the usa is really a change in his song narrative Born in the USA is all about people who are sticking around and it's not all sad either. You know, glory days is a really fun song about sticking around and like all the stuff about like actually being like a man and being like, you know, and having stuff going on in your life and not about getting out of town. Nothing about born in the USA is like getting out of town, you know? And so it's such an important shift in his songwriting narrative. And so just for that, like, I respect that. Like I can't, it's so rare that an album where you completely change up your narrative becomes so huge. I mean, so much more gigantic than anything you've ever done before. So the fact that that album did what it did in 1984 uh, with, with such a change in what he was doing as a, as a songwriter, I think it's incredible.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, sometimes Bruce fans, without meaning to be, you know, get that snobbery going on, like, oh, that's when everyone found him. And, and I, you know, I want to hear... You know the stuff from the first two albums. Um, we've had a friendly discussion with some of my guests that I would be perfectly happy with Tunnel of Love forward set list because right. there's so yeah. many songs that I've never gotten to hear. And he's like, "But you yeah. wouldn't hear anything from Born in the U.S.A. or Born to Run." Or I said, "Yes, but I would love to hear Tunnel of Love songs, or you know, more from Magic, or more from Wrecking Ball, or or you that know, some great. of these.
1: Magic in particular, I mean that album really just holds up I mean it really just stands it really stands up as an E Street album
0: it does you know, in the,
1: in the catalog I mean there's so many songs that you wouldn't mind hearing in the shows oh. um there aren't a lot you know that i that I skip when i you know like every every album has its gems and ones that I'm just right. over you know but that that one really holds up it really holds up there with me It's some of my favorite albums it's so good.
0: I agree with you. I love Girls in Their Summer Clothes and I'll Work for Your Love and, and, you know, just some of the other songs. I agree. It's a really strong album. Oh, man.
1: Gypsy Biker. Gypsy Biker fucking gets my blood boiling. That's a great song.
0: It does. It's very much a wonderful song. Um, What did you – did you pick up the uh, River Box set? Yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I was a little disappointed, you know, in a circle of trust that – there weren't as many new songs on it as much because some of them had been on some of the other releases, but the yeah,
1: and also because they just the uh, the darkness album there's a whole secondary album on darkness uh, yeah, uh, and it was and it was so good yeah. you know uh, uh, the darkness release uh, yeah. anniversary release was really impressive yeah like impressive. the
0: promise and and you know a lot of stuff that you go wow I'm that's well, I'm
1: a- yeah. i think mean, i can write a sequel to song I mean, the promise is a beautiful sequel to Thunder road i mean it's unbelievable it is. and then um oh uh about a record with all the latest moves that took
0: oh, that is that truly yeah, good yeah, hey, enough for you right and
1: good enough for you it's a freaking beautiful like right out of the river fret jam like total hit at that he had released that song i mean that song yeah. is just Beautiful. And it really just kinda of has that rap like where he's calling out his producer and stuff in it. I mean it's just really yeah. funny. It, really it, fun.
0: You know, that is on my set you know, if you you know, you're asking me what songs are you chasing, I know the chance of, you know, Ain't Good Enough isn't gonna get played, but that is on my list of I would just scream yeah, is, like this little child in happiness if he started playing it.
1: Definitely. I mean that song is no I would never start to hear that on concert. I would I would flip out i would probably honestly wet myself um <laughs>
2: absolutely I, I i actually
1: i i kind of i kind of fiddle, sweat and, and kind of convulse at his shows anyway so yes. i can't imagine what happened if i heard that one because that's, that's 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 that one's has kind got of a little special place for me off of that off of, that, off of those tracks i but.
0: i did want to compliment you um you know i love the way that pin gives you a hard time about bruce you know, and, and, and he is so obsessed with Bob Dylan. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Dylan is amazing, yeah. but it is Dylan just Dylan fans. Dylan fans love snobbing Springsteen fans. Yes, you know? and that's the thing. It's like I'm from Jersey, right? And so
1: like you people just snobbing Jersey for no reason. So people, people, people snobbing you for Springsteen just kind of. Is, I'm just used to it. I, I, I let it roll off my shoulder. I mean, I'm shamelessly a Bruce
0: Good for you. I did, wanted to go back, and when I, I got to see her, the Devils and Dust uh, tour live as well, and it felt yeah. like a college course. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, but just the storytelling was giving, and the kind of, you know, if you've seen the VH1 storytellers, you get a feel for what that show was like. But seeing right. it full time, it was just. So informative and so interesting to kind of, I'm going to open up the, it is almost like the clear. You know,
1: I mean, you know, the High Hopes album has, you know, three songs on there that he was playing back in the Devils and Dust tour that he never put out, you know? Yeah. And and, and like, you know, uh, I was there at the show where he played The Wall for the first time in 14 years or something like that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, it was, I didn't know that until it was in the paper the next day. They're like, oh, my gosh, he played this song that he hasn't played, you know, forever. You know, and uh, it, it was just a, it was a beautiful experimental deal. And it was also, like I said, it was the first show I brought my girlfriend to. And yeah. she was like, this is incredible. She's like, I had no idea. When I think of Spinson, I would think of nothing like this. And she's just was blown away. And he's, he is such a great storyteller, such a great charmer. You
0: know. He he really is, and I totally agree. What do you guys have coming up on your uh, podcast? That you anything you want to promote?
1: Uh, well, you know, we we, we, uh, we are a podcast for sort the of people. You know, we do comedic nonsense, and we put out two episodes every week. So every Wednesday, and Thursday, we release an episode. Um, and uh, one of the cool things recently is um uh, an old friend of mine, like from when I was like a teenager, we did improv together as kids. Oh, well, she grew up and she's become a you know a director and a writer, and so she wrote and directed the Medler. Starring Susan Sarandon, um, and so uh, we had her on, and she called in, and we did a uh, episode 235 Matt and Men's Ask Social. We interview uh, Lorraine Scifari. She just uh, wrote and directed a movie starring Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon played her mother, who I nice. knew. Nice. So it, it was a really, it a really neat. Uh, neat ordeal and it's, and she's uh very funny and so it's a it's a great interview hope uh, people can check it out
0: so you guys also do live shows so if someone's yeah. going to vegas talk to me about the bucket shows and how people can see you
1: um uh we are at the uh every wednesday night we're at the art square theater downtown in the, in the art in the artsy district there and uh, in charleston um but we're there uh, every Wednesday at 1130 at night, and it's pay what you want. If you happen to be in Vegas, you want to do something totally different. and off the beaten path. You know, get an Uber, get down to the Art Square Theater. Uh, Wednesday at 1130, there's a bar already attached to it where you can bring drinks in, or you can go hang out with us after there. Uh, and it's about an hour-long, total improvised, improvised comedy show. And we also put our shows on live on Periscope, at Bucket Show. Um, on Twitter, you can go to at Bucket Show for all the info.
0: And you can go tell Matt that, hey, I heard about you on Set Lusting Bruce, and uh, let's talk Steam for a little bit. Please. <laughs> it, nothing
1: would make me happier.
0: Yeah, I bet nothing it would. That is awesome. Um, I'd geek out about Bruce anywhere at anyone. So you've already talked about your love for Thunder Road. Is there another song that maybe you and your wife share or something with the kids? Is there a couple other songs that mean a great deal with you?
1: Yeah, actually, I mean, i trying to think. Of it. she came down the aisle to drive all night at our wedding. Oh,
0: um, that's nice.
1: And uh, on, you know, the 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 track on the, um, I think it's on tracks actually. Is up is upbeat. Um, but live on that Devil's and Dust tour, we were there. Um, oh my gosh, this is so funny. I'm blanking on it right now just because I'm, I brought up the other songs first. It used to be the show closer. Bruce always says it used to be our show closer back when there was no show to close. It's uh oh my god, I came on blank and it's our song. This is like my wife killed my right now. Okay, well, um, we
0: won't do that. Oh, I, mean,
1: okay. I love Nebraska, I love um you know on the secret sessions the version of um uh, the story about the two cops, uh, what's it called? Highway Patrolmen. Yeah,
0: you so, know yes. and I think I, mean, I think Johnny Cash version of that is just amazing oh, yeah. when he does that. Definitely.
1: So all right, I'll leave you I'll leave you with this story. Okay, so I was uh you know, okay, so I was uh I remember I was, uh, you know, doing improv comedy back in New Jersey at this little internet cafe, and uh, you know, I started performing improv when I was like 15 years old. You know, once in a while anywhere Bruce Springsteen would show up, this before cell phones were ubiquitous and you know everything else, but if Bruce showed up anywhere, it would all of sudden the room would be filled within hours, and you always wondered like, do people like go around running down the street uh, <laughs> telling people about Bruce Springsteen? Yeah. And the and the answer is yes. So. I was, I was, uh, I was, uh, 18 and I was performing improv and, uh, uh, some guy I knew like ran into the internet cafe and I'm um, doing a show. I'm on, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on, and there's like hundred people there, but he just whispers to me on the side and he just goes, Bruce are and Bon Jovi or across the street at the downtown bar. And then just bolts out of the door and then runs down the street more. And so I was like, Oh my God, I've never met him. And I'm um, 18. I shouldn't belong in a bar but I go across the street afterward after the show's over, it's about 1am and the bar is just, you know, fire hazard city. Like it is just jam packed with people. So what I do is I actually walk around the back and it's just spilling over with people. It's a little shotgun bar. I mean, literally like, you know, a kind of bar that sat maybe 10 people at it. And then just like a table on the side and the little area in the back. I and mean, there's a tiny thin little bar and uh, it's probably got like, you know, 300 people in it. Just, just, Uh, shoulder to shoulder. So my idea is I went in the back door and it was so crowded. There's not even like staff there to stop anyone. And I I came into the bar and I started wiggling my way towards uh, the bar. And sure enough, like the bar is jammed shoulder to shoulder, but around uh, this little bubble around the bar is totally empty. And just two people sitting there, Bruce Springsteen and Bon Jovi. And it couldn't be, it couldn't be as stereotypical as you think of it. Bon Jovi's elbows on the bar facing out into the crowd talking to, like, three girls. Bruce Springsteen's got a ball cap pulled forward holding the Budweiser beer talking directly to the bartender. I mean, it was just, like, a freaking wow. hilarious thing, right? And so there's a kind of thing where other people are talking. I just keep moving, kind of scooting past people. And then no one really wants to get, get, wants to let anyone get closer to them. But everybody's trying to kind of, like, pretend to talk and eavesdrop on them. And it's a loud freaking bar but I see Bruce kind of lean them on the side to, to John Bon Jovi and say something. And then John Bon Jovi starts giving like goodbye language to the girls he's talking to. Right. Right. So then I go like, Holy shit. I can't not meet him. I've, I've snuck into this bar. It's 1am. I have to meet him. Right. Sure. So I'm 18. I just start kind of pushing my way through people and, the, and everyone's getting pissed off. And I'm literally like burst into this bubble of fame. Like, I, uh, this like, safety bubble and it's just Bon Jovi and Bruce and Bon Jovi is in my way and Bon Jovi <laughs> looks at me as I kind of bump into him and he kind of gives me a look like excuse me and I say excuse me and I put two hands on his chest and I gently push Bon Jovi to the bar and oh. then I tail Bruce Springsteen he's walking out the door I'm walking right behind him and I tap him on the shoulder and Bruce Springsteen is locked in the bar probably thinks it's Bon Jovi turns around sees me And I just, you know, go like, oh, my God, Bruce, I know you hear this all the time, but you need to so much to me. And I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm going to meet you right now. I just want to shake your hand and tell me you're amazing. And he shakes my hand and he pulls me four inches from his face and he goes, hey, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. And then turns and bolts out the door. And everyone in the bar hates my guts because I'm the only one who talked to him. Besides the bartender.
0: I had and, uh, the biggest smile on my face just hearing that story. That is awesome. It was
1: unbelievable, man. It was one of the coolest, coolest spirits of my life. And he made it he made it feel like such a genuine moment. Something he's heard a billion times a day, but he made it feel so genuine. It was great.
0: That You know, they say that you aren't supposed to meet your heroes, but it is – I have not heard, and I know that's not fair – someone having a bad experience with him. It just seems that he, and I think a little bit, we'd be crushed if we found out, you know, that he didn't, but he just just seems human. Yes, he is human. So that is awesome. Hey, good luck on the podcast. Good luck on full us. We're going to be watching uh, tell everyone, tell uh, Godot and Penn that you guys make me laugh. You guys make me think, and it is always a joy um, hearing Penn Sunday School and you guys on Ice Cream Social. Thank you for your great Thanks. work and we appreciate it and uh, we'll talk again soon. You got
1: it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, if those of you who want to check out the podcast, go to Uh Really appreciate you having me on. Love
0: talking about Bruce. Thanks so much. Right. See you later. Bye-bye. You got it. Bye. Wasn't that fun? I'll see you tomorrow with another special episode and remember, vote early and vote often. Set lusting Bruce on your ballots. Do it for Bruce and the E Street Band.